Well, good morning. Good morning. You know, being retired, I'm never in a rush in the morning. A lot of mornings, I actually watch my wife get ready. I see her. She, like, looks at all her outfits, deciding what she wants to wear. And sometimes, even though I'm colorblind, she asks me what looks best. So she'll hold up a blouse and a skirt, then she'll change, and then I'll be like, oh, that one, that one. And nine times out of nine, she'll wear what I tell her looks best. Even with her shoes, she'll have her outfit on, and she'll step into different shoes. What looks best? You like these, huh? (laughs) And I tell her, and she'll wear those to work. I have a hard time on Sunday choosing what shirt to wear. Because to me, I could wear the same shirt every week, but she won't let me. I retired as a firefighter with the city and county. I'm actually afraid of fire. Every time I barbecue, no matter where I stood around the grill, the smoke would blow in my face. Yet my older brother was a firefighter. And I remember calling him one day and I said, hey, what did you do last night? And the words he told me stuck with me. He said, I was out saving lives. And I was like, wow, I just went to mom's house to wash my clothes. (laughs) I was like, wow. But that always stuck with me. And I said, maybe I want to be a firefighter. So that when somebody asked me what I did the night before, I would tell them, I was out saving lives. In over 25 years of service, no one ever asked me what I was doing the night before. And so I never got to tell them that. But it was kind of a long process. You have to take a written exam. And I was one of 5,000 people that took that exam that year. I actually passed the exam. I surprised myself. Well, I was studying. And out of that 5,000, they hired several hundred, and I was one of them. I had to take a written test. I had to do a physical agility test to make sure I could perform the functions of a firefighter. I had to go for an interview to express why they should hire me instead of the other 4,999 candidates. And then I had to do a medical, make sure that I was all good. But the best thing about being a firefighter is that I got to wear a uniform every day. So for 25 years, I wore the exact same thing. I loved that. No choices in the morning. I would just go up. Grab the uniform, put it on, and go to work. And I worked so hard 
to be able to wear that uniform. I put so much effort, so much studying, so much physical training to be a firefighter that I was proud to wear that uniform. And wherever I went, I represented the fire chief of the Honolulu Fire Department. I had all his authority. And so they tell you, don't do weird stuff. Because they're going to think all firemen are like that. Don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat. Don't cut people off in traffic, especially if you have the fireman's sticker on your car. I don't put any stickers on my car, just so I can drive how I like. <laughs> There's no, he is greater than I, no firefighter sticker, no Jesus saves. Do you know as Christians, the Bible says that we have uniforms. And a lot of times we don't put them on. If you have your Bible, if you could turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. And we'll start in verse 14. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be up here on the screen. This is the word of the Lord. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. I think the last part of uh, these verses were just for me. Pray for me when I get up here. And I think we should pray for each other. I think knowing that we're supposed to put on our uniforms as Christians, a lot of times we forget to put on the belt of truth. Because there's a lot of things we do that we know are contrary what God says in his word but we let it slide because the world says it's okay I was uh, I had the privilege of being a fire inspector and it's weird for over 12 years we're a team you don't go anywhere without your four other firefighters the captain is like the papa bear the driver is like the big brother, 
And then there's the three monkeys, the firefighters. <laughs> so we go shopping, we take the fire engine. We park it, we go in there, and we go do our food shopping. We have an alarm, hop on the fire truck, we all go. You never go anywhere without the four other coworkers. I had the privilege of being a fire inspector, and after 12 years, you go back to operating by yourself. So it was hard to get used to. You don't drive the fire engine, you have to drive your own personal vehicle. So I would go in there, and I would inspect an establishment. And the business owners, they don't want to see us, because we're always going to tell them they're doing something wrong, and they're going to have to spend money to fix it. We were at a funeral for my grandfather's sister had passed away. And his daughter, my mom's cousin, I went up to her, and I haven't seen her for years. And I just told her who I was. I was like, I'm Beverly's son, Matt. I'm your cousin. And she goes, I remember you. You cited me for having an extension cord plugged into a power strip. And so after all those years, that's what she remembered about me, is that I cited her. And I told her, that's just because I like you. I want you to be safe. But actually, whether it was a family member or a stranger, I would do the exact same thing because I wanted everyone to be safe. As a fire inspector, you're not visible out there. The people don't see you helping them, but I felt like I was doing even more preventing a fire than I was putting it out. Today, as we continue our series on Who Am I, I want to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and God tells us who we actually are. Let's begin in uh, verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's the Bible in a nutshell. It's that... Since Adam and Eve, since they disobeyed God and ate the fruit, we have had a broken relationship with God. And it's nothing that any of us did. It just was inherited to us. So what God is saying is that our ministry is a ministry of reconciliation. Is that we have to make sure that our relationship with God is okay. And the only way that could be done is by God 
sending His Son to die for our sins and to raise Him, to resurrect Him back to life so that our relationship would be right. So I want to look this morning at what does it look like to be an ambassador of Christ? I think of Jordan. He usually plays the keyboards. He's a young man. You might not see him because he's like a stick. (laughs) But I saw on Facebook that he could listen to a song and he could play it on the piano. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. Only God can do that kind of stuff. So I actually asked him if he would get up here and play a song one weekend. And he's just like, okay, I'll do it. And even though he was nervous, he did it. Dad came to come support his son. And he was so excited. Wow, my dad took off from work and he's coming to see me play. Dad is a Christian, but he's a busy man. He has like two full-time jobs, and he has a third one. He just like adopts kids. And I noticed that his dad starting to come to, started coming to church regularly. And now I see him every week. And I felt like God said, talk to Jordan and tell him, your dad's coming because you're an ambassador of Christ. What you did, then God did. Jordan, if you remember his testimony, he was an abused child. He was left on the streets at age 10. Didn't speak a word of English from Japan. He meets up with his family, and they actually adopt him. And through that love, he learns of the love of Christ, and he surrenders his life. Darren just had a a 50th uh, birthday party, and I saw Jordan the whole night carrying this little baby that they're taking care of. Abandoned. What is it, like two weeks old now? A a month? The whole night. And I could just feel the love coming out of Jordan into this baby who nobody wanted. He knew what it was like, and he is an ambassador of Christ. You folks are all ambassadors for Christ. I brought my dad here a month ago. I felt like God said, take him to church. So I brought him, and many of you spoke with him. Many of you have been praying for him. After coming to church that week, he is a different man. He tells my mom, I think I want to go see all my doctors again. Because just a few days before, he told my mom, I want to die. I'm tired already. I mean, I had enough. And it was a complete turnaround. 
I was actually sitting there on a Tuesday, and he starts talking to me. It's been like two years since he said anything. I mean, he'll say yes or no when you ask him a question. But he actually was having a conversation with me. He's telling me stories about things he had done as a younger man with my siblings. He got new glasses. He sits up now, reads the paper, goes, and he actually exercises. He got new hearing aids. And I noticed the other day when I went to cut his hair, he has a hair full of white hair. His hair on the back of his head is actually turning black. 50 to 75% of his hair is black now. And only God can do that. I think when you're exposed to ambassadors of Christ, God will do amazing things. I wonder if uh, Keith and the worship team would would come up here. I really feel that God has something to give you through this song that our worship team is going to sing. And I think you're going to see something come from the spiritual into the natural. It'll be supernatural. Every Sunday I come to church, I always want something from God. And maybe it comes from Pastor Thomas, maybe it comes from Rich, maybe it comes from Joe, but I always want something from God. What do you have? And I believe this is what he has for you today. But I think as Christians, we have to posture ourselves. When we want to receive something, throw that at me. We don't like stand like that, right? We have to posture ourselves to receive it. So I'm going to ask you to do something. I know God wants to give it to you. It's up to you if you want to receive it. Would you stand with me? and posture yourself to receive what God would have for you. Yeah. 
no longer has a place to hide and I am not a captive to those lies oh, I am not afraid to leave my past behind oh I won't be shaken no I won't be shaken my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your Church, have a seat. I want to tell you about Clayton Townsend, a 26-year-old officer with the Salt River Police Department in Arizona. A week ago today, he was at Disneyland with his young wife and his 10-month-old child. On Tuesday night, Clayton made a traffic stop. He pulled over a vehicle for expired registration. While he was talking to the driver, a man who was texting crossed over two lanes, banged and killed Clayton Townsend. I know about this 
Because Jackie, we go to Ohana group together, and she was burdened. Because Clayton's wife was actually Jackie's roommate in her freshman year in college. There's so many similarities between Clayton and Jackie's husband, Josh. Josh is a military police officer, a young family, and they have a young son. As ambassadors of Christ, we're called to support them. And all we, all we can do here in Hawaii is we pray for them. We pray for the family. We pray for the wife. We pray that God's comfort and peace would just surround them and overwhelm them. There is no qualification to make us ambassadors of Christ. All we have to do is accept God's invitation for his salvation. If you call yourself a Christian, you're Christ's ambassador. He entrusts with you wherever you are at, you are the highest authority representing him. It doesn't have to do with how much money you have, if you're handsome or you're pretty, if you're strong, if you're healthy. God says, you are my ambassador. And all it is, is sharing what God has done in our lives. I met my wife in church a bunch of years back. And every time I read the story of the woman who was bleeding for 12 years, and she went up and touched Jesus, I think of her. Because she had a medical condition for years, she was bleeding out. She had surgery, and she almost died. But God saved her for me and for you. You see, Thomas talks a lot about our support when he went to seminary. That was none of my idea. That was my wife. My wife has a generous heart. And I will go along with whatever she wants to do. But yet being exposed to that because she's Christ's ambassador, it makes me want to be more generous to loosen up my pocketbook and say it is for his kingdom to have a different mentality. God says we are like foreigners and aliens on this earth because this is not our home. Our home is with Jesus in heaven. Would you close your eyes? Bow your heads and pray with me. 